You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the podcast. I'm your host, Erica Lance. With me today is my amazing co-host, is Bo Lake, and her fantastic hair. It's like looking perfect, and if you're listening, you got to go watch the YouTube because you can see it. Our amazing guest today is Amanda Faciano. Woo! I can only woo so much. My voice just cracked there. My voice cracked on the woo. Okay, for those listening, I'm still in my Kathleen Turner voice right now because I have I believe it's a cold but I'm sort of in denial and may have to actually go to the doctor tomorrow but it's not COVID I tested negative for COVID so that's all good ah, okay so let's talk about what we're drinking because I like to do that and you know set a bad example for everybody this is my my Kylo Ren Star Wars cup I was super excited because I thought I lost it and then I found it but um it has a lot of orange juice and a little bit of vodka. So it's a, it's a little it's a little screwdriver here. I forgot that that's what we call those. A little screwdriver <laughs> here. Boyfriend reminded me of that fact. Um, I also have some La Croix. So I am drinking peach pear. I'm like a fruit medley going on over here on this side. Um, Bo, what are you drinking today? Well, today I'm not drinking anything exciting. I am drinking an Arizona green tea because it is not nighttime. And I don't have any alcohol in my house. It does match your hair. So oh, it does. Yeah. Like, look at that. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Good job. Sponsor us, Arizona Green Tea. Yeah. So <laughs> that way Bo can continue to dye her hair that color all the time. I will. Uh, Amanda, what are you drinking? I am drinking Mountain Dew because I just got home from work. I work at an elementary school and it requires a lot of energy and I have work tomorrow, so I'm not getting loaded. (laughs) Uh, Understandable, understandable. I am only responsible for me and some dogs, but I have a boyfriend, so I'm not being nearly as responsible. He is. What's up? Okay. Um, So let's talk a little bit um, about what you write, Amanda. I write um, paranormal urban fantasy. Very cool. Very, very cool. What, what, when did you start writing? What, let's, let's go. We're going to scooby-doo our journey. We're going, we're going all the way back. All the way back. All the way, all the way back. back to the beginning, my friend. Um, I always like to write down stories, even as a kid. Um, around 11, I decided I wanted to be a published author. And that was my life's dream. And I kept going, kept writing, and kept throwing things out. And um, my husband, God love him, would never let me quit. He was like, no, keep going. That's a good idea. And things like that. So um, the initial first draft of Waking Up Dead was written in 2011. And when I went back to edit it, I read it and didn't think it was trash. I was like, wait, I, I might actually have something here. So, and it just, I kind of went on that journey. Well, that is super exciting. So the, 
and, and I, I have a cheat sheet because we're the publisher. I don't know if you yes. guys can hear that, but my dog is deciding to destroy the universe, which he does. And he came <laughs> actually on a call. He just hid from me. He was like, you can't see me. <laughs> can't get in trouble if you can't see me, mom. Yeah, I can exactly. see you. Like, I can see you, whatever you're doing over there. Anyway, sorry. So I have a cheat sheet because Four Horsemen's your publisher, but yeah. you actually wrote several novels before this first one got published, correct? I Yes, I did. I Actually, the first draft of book one and two took me six weeks to write. I wrote them together. And six weeks? What? Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> I was majorly inspired and I just committed to it and went through it because... I don't know, kissed by a muse, I guess. I really just fell into it and thought the idea was really cool. And I wrote through it. And I, then, like I said, I read back and went, wait, this this isn't as bad as I'm used to. So <laughs> I, um, wow. 2016, on my daughter's birthday, I hit the self-publish button on Amazon. And I had self-published four novels in the series uh and then I got picked up by four horsemen and that just made my 11 year old heart go squee so <laughs> oh my gosh yes I, and we're lucky to have you we totally are so what was that like being self-published it's hard it's really hard I mean it's exciting to be putting them out but it is also very expensive to try to hire an editor hire a cover designer um get someone to do the formatting and get it out there and then get the author copies and sign up at conventions and pay for the tables and it's a lot of money to get into self-publishing and people don't realize that and i truly suck at marketing myself my husband can sell my books like nobody's business. And because of him, when I did Spooky Empire this last October, I got sold out. And that was the last of my self-published copies. I had 42 copies of books from the series that I brought up. He sold all but four. So, wow. Yeah. So um, it, it's been a definite experience but it is very expensive and you there's a steep learning curve on marketing so at least that I found no I think that's the case I think people who inherently have it easy I'm using quotations that nobody's listening can see <laughs> are people who there's a lot of people who are in marketing that decide to go into self-publishing books and they do that you know or that sort of thing, but they, or they have the money. They're like, I'm going to go write books and I have a lot of money. So I'm going to go pay people to do all of these little things. And yeah. nobody realizes how much that actually equals, which can be great. Like you can make a lot of money self-publishing. I never say don't self-publish, but I say, be prepared, be prepared because you are a business, you're a business of yourself and you have to wear all the sort of um, hats of that particular business. You're the CEO of the business. You're the production end of the business. You're the operations end of the business. Like oh, you're yeah. all of those things. And you're not just going to be able to sit and write. Tick, 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 tick. That's not how I type, by the way, in case. Anyone <laughs> <understands>. <laughs> 
That's how um, I type, though. That's how yeah, I, I know. I do it. that too. <laughs> but hunt and uh, peck, hunt and peck. Because I took typing in high school on a typewriter. How old am I? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I told my kids that, and they were like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yes." Before the advent of the computer, there was a thing called a typewriter. Let me show you some pictures <laughs> as I Google them <laughs> to show them to you, weirdos. Um, <laughs> Well, that's very cool. So um, what made you decide to go into the particular genre you went into? Like what made, how did you choose that? Um, my father wanted a horror buddy to watch horror movies with. So at the age of five, he showed me The Howling. And yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would and like I to say that I don't house. don't have a similar story, but my dad thought The Exorcist was a good idea around that age. So, yeah. By that's... the way, FYI, it's not. Go ahead. <laughs> had had yes, some no, nightmares for a while, but it's okay. Love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I grew up in a haunted house, so Ooh. that kind of led to me being very interested in the paranormal at a young age. Very so, uh, like a legitimate haunted house. What kind of ghosts did you have in your house? I love haunted houses. Uh, we lived in Georgia, and so it was the ghost of a Confederate soldier. He'd been 16 when he was killed. Oh, his name was Robert. He Uh, liked to play tricks on my mom. I was gonna say, how did we learn all of this stuff? That's exciting. I could kind of see him and talk to him. I believe you, 1,000%. You know, the movie Sixth Sense, I was like, okay, I don't need to watch that. I live that. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm good. I'm going to hard pass. Thank you. Um, I also guessed the ending, which really pissed off my husband at the time. (laughs) I was I finally did break down to watch it, and we're like 20 minutes in, and I'm like, Bruce Willis is dead. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? How do you know that? And I'm like, because he has not changed his clothes and he's not yeah. actually talking to anybody but that kid right there. And he's like, that's not true. And then we watched the whole thing. And then he's like, why do you always have to ruin movies? I should have yeah. known right then and there. We were not meant to be, but whatever. The sixth sense whatever. led to the divorce. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that had to, have you ever written those stories? I just got to ask. That story I have not written. I, in book four, I used the house, the layout of the house that I lived in as the basis for the house that the young family lives in. And other than that, I have not written that particular ghost yet. So I... I I like that you said yet. I hope you do (laughs) I may, I may use it further down the road. Yeah. That's very cool. So when you first published your book and you got it in your hot little hands, right? What was that feeling like? Surreal. It was very surreal to actually hold it and to be able to see it in print with the cover and flip through the pages and show people and say, I did this, you know, it was very exciting. That's, Not as exciting as what I got in the mail yesterday. But what did you get exciting. in the mail yesterday? I don't even know what I you got, got in the mail yesterday. I'm a super... hardcover. Oh, yeah. That's super that exciting. That made me very excited. 
there's something about a hardcover book i'm telling you yeah so um okay so you started going through this whole process you self-published what is it all the marketing that made you decide to go i'm going to try to find a traditional publisher or did you try starting from day one i tried starting from day one and got like many authors a whole lot of rejections and so I stopped and, and did the self-publishing thing for a while. And COVID kind of broke me a little bit because this there were no conventions. There were no ways to get it in front of people. I don't have a whole lot of money after putting into the editing and everything else. So I can't really run all these different ads that you're supposed to run. And... So the marketing went nowhere and the sales went nowhere. Um, and a friend of mine had mentioned you guys that you were um, for horsemen did series only. And so she gave me that advice and I sat on it for like a month thinking, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and then I'm like, the worst they can say is no, you've dealt with that before. So try. And the response time, of course, is like four to six weeks or something like that. And within a week, I got the email back saying, hey, we love it. You know, and I, I was floored. So just a little disclaimer for anyone listening going, oh, I'll hear back in a week. Um, no. That's all timing. <laughs> and it just depends on when we get going through the submissions, my friends. So that is not always the case, and we heart your faces out there. Feel, please feel free to submit, but do not expect a week turnaround. I mean, no. 120 days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she is and that's the, what I expected. I expected in two to three months to get a, oh, yeah, we passed. Thanks. You know, enjoy your life. So enjoy oh, your life. <laughs> Enjoy your life. Well, hey, at least if somebody says enjoy your life, they're being nice because sometimes my I love telling the story of um, when I was submitting many, many, many moons ago, I literally got a rejection that was a half a page, but it was a copy of a copy of a half a page. Like you could tell that they like it was supposed to be like they sent it on a letter size, but you could tell that they had copied a copy of a and I'm like, you can't even have the fucking decency to <laughs> print out a me off a fresh rejection letter. Oh my God. Copy of a fucking copy. That is, by the way, the moment I went, I can do this differently. I've got to figure out a way to do this fucking differently. Because yeah. I was like, not that you have to accept my stuff. I mean, yes, we all want everybody to grab our books and read them and go, oh, I can't quite <laughs> do that because my throat's sore. But oh, this is the greatest book ever. <laughs> and, um, Imagine Angel Tone singing that, but um, <laughs> thank you, uh, but that's not what's going to happen, but at least have the decency to go, thank you. It's just not for us. And yeah. in, in a, a time frame where it's not like two years later and you're getting a rejection letter and you're like, what the hell is this for? Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because and sometimes you don't even get the rejection letter. It just, you, you hear nothing. They yeah. just ghost you. Which is, it's so funny because I did HR as a living up until this year. Um, uh, and that was one of the biggest things I always instituted in my companies is every person that submits a resume is going to get an acknowledgement that we got their resume right away. 
and we will give them, even if it's an auto update as we're going through the process, and then they're going to get a rejection letter telling them, you know, that they just were not a correct fit for what we were looking for at that point in time. But we'd love for them to resubmit and we wish them luck on their journey because that's another thing. Like you submit a resume and it's like, hello, mm-hmm. anybody there? Tumbleweeds roll past. You know, like, yeah. It's one of the worst in the world. I see you have a guest that joined you on the podcast. What is your uh, little furry friend's name? <laughs> that's Mel. Mel obviously was like, I need to be in the spotlight as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Is Mel your writing cat? No, he's fine. What? Is Mel your writing cat? Yes, he he is my, he is definitely my writing cat. (laughs) That is completely adorable. Oh my gosh. Okay. We have to take a quick break. We will be right back with Drinking With Authors. Check out the Modern Musicology podcast, where each week we talk about things like what makes a great drummer. Our favorite rock documentaries. Songs we love by artists we don't love. Our favorite concert memories. Songs that should have been singles. And all of our favorite music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now. Do not use modern musicology if you're allergic to it. Modern musicology may produce itching, dizziness, vertigo, temporary blindness, or heart palpitations. Do not taunt modern musicology. Ask your doctor about switching to modern musicology. Okay, we are back. Oh my goodness. Oh no. Now I'm sounding like a 13 year old boy. That's great. Um, <laughs> so uh, when you were going through, um, you know, being haunted as a kid by a Confederate soldier, that had to be so unpleasant. Um, or was it, was he nice or was he just an asshole? No, he was nice. He, he actually, he said he thought of me. I, I reminded him of his little sister. Oh, well, let's so, hope he liked his little sister, right? He did because he like every time my mom got mad at me, he'd do something to her. <laughs> like the biggest do? thing I remember is he hid her frying pan for three weeks. She tore the kitchen apart, could not find it. My dad tore the kitchen apart, could not find this frying pan. Go out, buy another frying pan. A week later, it's right at the top of the pile where it was supposed to have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't piss off the ghosties. Yeah. <laughs> don't piss them off. Um, it's actually it's funny. I have to just bring this up because it's hysterical to me. But um, uh, there is news today that the guy who filmed the unauthorized uh, Robert the Doll story died of a very weird rare disease at age thirty nine, and I'm sorry that he passed away. But you need to ask Robert the doll's approval before you do stuff. Everyone has literally learned this. Yeah. The whole movie without getting his approval. Uh-uh. <laughs> You're kind of asking for karmic stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Let's, let's talk about the feedback. I know you, you're re-releasing your books, which is super exciting. And you got your hardbacks and all that, which is also super exciting. I love hardbacks. But what was it like when you first started getting feedback on your books? Like... It was really good because people thought the concept of a ghost story from the ghost's point of view was really interesting and that the my take on the afterlife was cool and the world building. So it was really nice to get that feedback. Every review I got uh, previously on Amazon was mostly five stars and 
uh, even on Goodreads I and Ink It, I get great reviews. So it's really nice to know that people are enjoying the stories that I'm writing. That's very gratifying. Very cool. My question for you now, as my voice yeah. continues to break, I promise <laughs> I can get through this interview. Bo, I'm going to let you ask questions after this. My voice <laughs> is going downhill. And I think I'm going to need a couple of moments. I feel like I have to start raising my hand and be like, Erica, call me. I know. It's so hard. I get excited. I know. I'll let you after this one. So my question for you is, are you prepared, though, for eventually, as you continue to gain popularity, you are going to get negative reviews? And it's not anything against you. Do you pick any book that you absolutely love and think is brilliant? Go look up the one-star reviews on Amazon. Like it happens. Oh yeah. Especially as you reach a wider audience. Are you are you prepared for that? I am because not every story is going to appeal to every audience. Not every author is going to have the right voice or style that is going to draw people in and they might find the concept interesting by the book and go, Oh my God, this is awful. So I am prepared for that because there are, I'm not going to appeal to everyone. I'm not going to write stories for everyone. I write stories that I enjoy writing and I'm very gratified that people come along for the ride with me. And so far, they've been very kind, but I am under no illusions that they're always going to be kind. <laughs> I was really excited about my first one-star review. I think it's a very <laughs> bad of honor. Do, do you still remember exactly what it said, too? Like yes, it said, <laughs> Erica Lance is an author that likes to um, celebrate suicide. Celebrate what? Um, suicide. suicide. Oh, and that no, no. How how there dare is. you have topics in your book? I know there right? is a suicide, but um, the lead character of one of my first stories I wrote called Jimmy, which one should read. The premise starts off with he his mom found him. He tried to commit suicide, and his mom found him, and he woke up, and he was not um upset at, at anything other than she stopped him and now he's having to deal with her being all upset at him and he failed to do what he wanted to do which is terrible and I don't promote suicide but there are some people that have just chosen that they don't want to be in this world and it's not a cry for help they've literally made that decision you know yeah. and so it was kind of a story from that character's perspective and the person was like, Erica Lance is an author that likes to promote suicide. Okay. Oh my cool. gosh. <laughs> Did you read the story? Like, <laughs> no. okay. Probably, cool. probably didn't. Probably just saw there was a suicide and it was like, promote suicide. Yeah. Probably. Keep in mind, this was also uh, 18 years ago. So it was before trigger warnings were put. Probably should mm -hmm. put a trigger warning on it, you know? Yeah. Um, it is a horror story, but um but yes uh now over to you see like your bow you're setting it you're setting it up that i'm going to just continue to ask questions stop it <laughs> i i did not i just was curious okay. all right i will ask a question now you talked about conventions and going to conventions what is your favorite convention memory my favorite convention memory is it's spooky empire and it's being on a panel with 
um, Mark Muncy and a bunch of others, but it's, uh, they call it the choose your own adventure panel. And it is my favorite thing to do because it's literally on the spot authoring. You're given a premise and then the audience makes a choice of which way it goes. And then the next author down the line takes off, does the story, gives the audience a choice. They make the choice. The next author goes. And um, I've been on that panel with Rob Roman and Mark Muncy and a whole bunch of other really talented authors, Amanda Bird. Um, so it's it's it was just so much fun. And it's really great to exercise that. Oh, God, what do I do now? You know, <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say that it seems like they would involve a lot of talent and like not having anxiety because I feel like if someone pointed at me, it was like, all right, it's time to tell part of the story. I'd be like, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. And there is that. And, you know, there there is that. Okay, I got to come up with this real quick. And that it's it's kind of scary but it's also exhilarating and you do it and that panel just goes sideways so fast <laughs> because at last time we killed the band uh mark muncie got killed um <laughs> and he is a great storyteller so it's just fun to watch him work at it mm-hmm. so that is definitely probably my favorite con memory is any of those panels and this question kind of relates. How do you deal with writer's block? Um, I will usually start either thinking ahead in the series, mm-hmm. or I will start thinking about some other story that I could write. I'll start world building and researching, and which is why I have the Life After series planned out to book 10 now. So... <laughs> has been like I'm not sure what I'm doing hey what am I doing next you know (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so you have the final point and then work up to it that's yeah that's a great uh method I've never even thought about doing being like okay this is the future find a way there yeah and I I just had a meeting this past weekend with my editor saying okay after book five, I have these three paths I can go on. I've got this one kind of prepped. I've got this one prepped. I've got this one prepped. What do you think is the best way to go? Well, now do you have I to do a choose your thing? own adventure. And just do all three. Just feel like you pick a, a lane. Yeah. <laughs> I want to start getting into doing adult choose your own adventures. It's on my to-do list. I'm hoping to figure it out this year. Because I Sounds think like what you idea. have to do is map the book, like at what page it's supposed to do A or B or, you know what I mean? Like, so that you can map it correctly. There's got to be a guide to this. I haven't looked it up. I'm sure if I just start Googling, but like, I don't know if you know this, but Neil Patrick Harris wrote his book as his autobiography is a choose your own adventure. Oh and my if gosh. you read it, because jm paquette read it straight through because she can't stop herself you literally get to a page in the middle of the book and it says the only way you're reading this page is if you read this book straight through yeah i was like called out she got called out by a book how do you get called out by a book that's funny seriously 
<laughs> so um continue Bo. what is your favorite urban fantasy slash paranormal trope that's a good question um you always have the the paranormal romances where the um the ghost falls in love or the person falls in love with the ghost. And that is a very interesting trope. I don't generally write that, but that's very interesting to see how those play out because of course, one's a ghost and one's not, you know, like high spirits. I don't know if you remember that uh, movie. with oh, yeah. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> But that was a ghost falls in love and he falls in love with the ghost and weird things happen. Hijinks ensue. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your dream casting for a book? I mean, uh, for a movie of the first book. Ooh. um, Dream casting Anthony Stewart head would be snow. Um. Idris Elba would be Croft. Um, Florence Pugh would be Cadence. And Alejandro, I can't think of his last name now. He's on Lucifer. Um, he plays the ex-husband of the female oh, yeah. cop. He was he in would True be Blood, Ramon. too. Huh? He was in True Blood. Oh, I love yes, he was. Blood. He played he was. Lafayette's other half until. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yes, him. He would be Ramon. <laughs> this is going to be a hot movie. Like, everyone I know, in right? is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you do, you do have a sexy cast there. It's yeah, nice, for sure. That, that would be my dream cast. Yeah. <laughs> when you That's wrote very the book. Cool. When you wrote the book, did you listen to a specific playlist? What what vibes were you looking for while you're writing? Actually, when I write, I do have, it's not a playlist. Um, there is a YouTube channel that does 24-hour music that I listen to. It's Cryo Chamber. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Lovecraftian, atmospheric, very dark kind of music um they don't generally have much in the way of lyrics though sometimes they read passages in some of these things from lovecraft um but it's it's very atmospheric is the best word i can come up with for it because it it's dark and it's suspenseful music and that helps get me through especially where the action is taking place and things are Mm -hmm. high stakes um, you know, it, it, it definitely helps. What is it called? Cryo chamber. Cryo chamber. I'm always looking for freaky music. Um, <laughs> I can't put anything like on that, that has uh, lyrics because I will just start singing along. <laughs> so <laughs> that happens to me too. Sometimes I'll be listening to something, trying to type, and I'm typing lyrics, and I'm like. Okay, we gotta. Turn yeah, it off. it's not working yeah. out. Or I'll, I'll just be singing and like looking around, and I'm like, gotta focus. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. And <laughs> I am a huge Shine Down fan for mm-hmm. attitude and things like that. Um, 
but I, I can't put on any of their music or any rock that I would listen to because I'll just be like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you know, I love that. I love that. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you have another one, Bo? Oh, I, you know, I have a whole list. Go for it. Keep going. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to save your voice. Oh, is okay. there, is there, is there a genre you'd like to write, but are scared to write? High fantasy. Um, I like to do for high fantasy. That is one of those ones. When I get writer's block, I'm kind of, I will go and kind of world build on this idea that I have. And I'm trying to make it so that I can get there someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, am afraid of falling into the overused tropes and so I'm I'm trying to very carefully craft it Mm -hmm. so that that is the one that I am the most afraid I'm going to screw up uh so that is high fantasy definitely at least you're trying and like working toward getting there I could see why that genre is very um daunting like yeah. I don't think I could write high fantasy it it seems like you have to like world build to a point that's like you might have to write elvish and I don't think I could do that <laughs> exactly it's, there is so much to it because it's not our world where mm-hmm. you have everything set and you can say it's got the room has French doors you can't say that in high fantasy because yeah. what's France you know, yeah. <laughs> what are French doors? So you have to just really start from the ground up yeah. and and build it that way. And it gets really complicated and really layered. And yeah, it, it can be scary, but it's so much fun. It really mm-hmm. is. And one of these days I'm going to get there. But <laughs> that and um, just so I can give my husband the shout out, um, Erotica. Because that to me is just not, I I get really embarrassed and awkward. And anytime I write my book, he's like, are you adding ghost sex? Tell me there's ghost sex. (laughs) We know where his priorities are. He's like, exactly. (laughs) He's like, just one chapter. You would not be the only author that writes erotica that gets super embarrassed. I, aka Honey Cummings, Lori <laughs> Willis. If you ever get a chance to be in person with her and ask her about sleeping with Sasquatch, like her face goes like red, like in <laughs> 2.5 seconds. She's been writing this genre for three years and she still cannot keep a straight face when you're talking to her about it. So <laughs> that's why she, she never tells me about it. She always said she sends me snippets, but she won't tell me them in person because she doesn't oh, want no. to get all One the time she had to read it, she read it facing away from the audience. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be me. Yeah, it was very funny. So you can go there. You just can hide, you know? Mm-hmm. She has if to do like Chuck to, Tingle so. and like get like a mask to wear when she's like, okay, I got to read erotica today. <laughs> Exactly. She could put on a Donald Duck mask. and no, just, <laughs> That just is a whole different level of awkwardness. Yeah. So what do you think your Achilles heel is as, as a writer? What is something that, you know, you're like, I am not fantastic at this. 
writing action because it goes, I see it in my head as I'm writing and it's like trying to compose a symphony while the orchestra is playing it. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're trying to keep up so much. And I, I very often in the first draft go too fast. I skip details and then it, it becomes a matter of where did that bullet go? Where did that spell go? What happened to this? And, and so I really go through it two or three times to try to make it work. And even sometimes then I'm like, this is too short, but I don't know what I'm missing. <laughs> so I definitely think writing uh, the action parts is, is my Achilles heel. That makes sense. Um, what about, what do you think is something you were fantastic at? Um, I think maybe my best strength is um, description, which I know is, is almost a weird similarity to the action but I can describe what they're wearing. I can describe the room, the way it looks, all of this stuff that I can do very well. And according to uh, my editor, I'm really good at giving the characters their own voice. Very cool. Very cool. Bo, what are your continuing questions there, my friend? (laughs) This plays off something earlier. What is your least favorite urban fantasy slash paranormal trope? Probably the sexy vampire and the vampires having sex and romance and all this other stuff. I'm I'm more their killing machines and they need to start acting like it. You know, they're, (laughs) they're horror villains for a reason and... That's probably my least favorite. I'm not saying I don't read them from time to time, (laughs) but it's probably my least favorite trope. I think that is hysterical that you said that. (laughs) And I agree with you 100%. And they don't sparkle. (laughs) Oh, don't get me started on that. I agree on that one, but I also think they can be kind of sexy and killing machines at the same time. I, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, but it's, it's overdone to a point. So, you know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, we could let that one rest for a little while. And then I turn around and read another book. (laughs) You just need other sexy creatures. Let's just go off vampires. There's like a blacklist on them. Let's do other sexy things. Yeah. I I, I think Al's onto something with sexy Sasquatch there. (laughs) Oh, I please say that to her in person. <laughs> um, so the one thing I have to say about vampires, and I'm firmly convinced of this, we if you look at old people, right, people who are elderly, not every single one of them, but more and more technology and things get away from them. So unless they're going out of their way to keep themselves up, I feel like vampires as a holistic group of individuals would get way behind and become kind of archaic and stale and unable to survive because they wouldn't keep up with the way the world is changing. Yeah. I, I like that concept though. I'm, I'm going to write that down. Please, <laughs> Bo, you can steal it. Steal away. Yeah. 
I'm stealing it's, it. It's so good. It's true. Like I thought about it and I'm like, it's one thing like they have all these vampires. And I guess if you were doing things in the underworld and they make you look all cool and stuff, but if you, unless you were, I can't believe I'm saying this, repeating high school and learning high school, like having to be a high school kid all the time where you had to stay up to date with technology. Right. But if you weren't doing that and you were living in some cabin in fucking, you know, Canada in the mountains doing nothing, you wouldn't have no clue how the world was working. And time would be such a weird thing for you that you wouldn't even notice how fast time went past you. Yeah. All the vampires would be the Unabomber. Is what you're saying. (laughs) Outside of the actual building bombs and schizophrenic. So I don't know. The vampires might become that. You don't know. We'll That's see. true. I will we'll, see we'll see in my book idea. <laughs> yes, let me know how that goes. I just would like to be acknowledged in the dedication. I, yeah, I'm just going to say to Erica because she thought about vampires in a different way than everyone else. <laughs> Not Erica, sexy. I stole your story idea. Hashtag win. That's what uh, you, you, should have, you should just write it with me, Erica. I, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Yeah. I'm afraid of stuff. Don't, don't get me cornered because. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to ask a question and then, Bo, you're going to get the final question. Oh. Um, what are your writing goals for 2023? My writing goals for 2023 are to finish book five and hopefully book six and keep the promotion train going on the rest of them as they drop. You know, the first one's coming out in a couple weeks, and then we're doing an every three month schedule after that to get caught up. So I need to bust my butt and get those books going. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Um, over to you, Bo, for the final thing. It always makes you scared when you're like, Bo, do the final question. I'm like, what if it's not good? And then we're leaving on a low note, but I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> what is your advice to other writers just keep going finish the story if there if it comes back and you look at it and you think oh my god I can't believe I wrote that at least there may be something some scene in there that you loved that you could incorporate into something else every story you write you get better finish the story keep writing don't ever stop if that's what you want to do because every time you do it it's practice you're getting better you know um keep going on the dialogue listen to how people talk um don't ever stop trying to describe something look at things when you go into a room and think of it as if you were trying to write a description but never ever stop writing I love that. Amanda, shameless self-promotion time. How do people find you in your books? Um, They'll be on barnesandnoble.com and um, Amazon, of course. Um, I think there are going to be a ton of outlets that Four Horsemen is is putting it out to. Oh, pretty much anywhere you can get a book, you're going to be able to get your book. That's how that works. I told my husband already, I'm like, you know, I'm making you take me to Barnes and Noble, right? (laughs) just so I can see. Um, but Amazon is always a, a safe bet to find me. And where do they find you social media wise? And if they want to sign up for your newsletter? 
If they want to sign up for my newsletter, they can go to my website at authoramandafasciano.com. And I am on Facebook, I am on Instagram, and occasionally I am on TikTok. <laughs> Very cool. It has been wonderful having you here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with Authors. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a review, leave us a comment. We love to hear it. Um, I want to thank my co-host, Bo Lake, for being here with me. And we will see you guys next time. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.